to the casual box scoring watching fan, the person who didn't watch the game, they'll take a look at the final box score of the Phoenix Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks in game one of the Western Conference semifinals. Go, hey, looks like it was kind of a close game. 121 to 114, victory for the Phoenix Suns. But Matthew, I think we both know the game wasn't that close. It was not. The Suns stick to their game plan of, you know, defense, the mid-range, threes when they need them, and they went out. They didn't give in to the Mavericks really, you know, taking over from three at certain points in the game. They just stuck to what they know best, and that always gets them the victory. So kudos to them. Even at times when it was scary, uh, they just they stuck to it, which was what they do did all season long, and it's back, right? Last, last series, we're like, where's the old Suns? And this is them. There they this- are. This is your Phoenix Suns. This, I, I think we can both agree, best game that we've played thus far in the playoffs, correct? Oh, yeah. 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 This was like the regular season game. This is not even like a playoff game, it felt like. It, it was nice to have a game in which you could sit back and not live and die with every possession. The Phoenix Suns jumped out to an early 35-25 to 25 lead on the Dallas Mavericks after the first quarter, and from then on, they didn't look back. Now, granted, those numbers were flipped in the fourth, the Mavericks scored 35 and the Suns scored 25. Yeah. But that being said, the Suns entered the fourth quarter with a 17-point lead. So outside of a few missed layup, layups in the fourth quarter, there wasn't a lot of negative things to see in this game. So plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We thank you for joining us, whether you're watching along live currently on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, or if you're watching this later on YouTube or listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for spending some time with not only myself at Darth Void on Twitter. My name is John, but Matthew Lissy, who on Twitter is at Matthew Lissy. And he's, he's Matthew. That's John and Matthew jam. That's me. See, see what we see what did there. That's John you. and Matthew, <laughs> the creativity just oozing, uh, but a really fun game to watch tonight. And I think it's going to be a chugging with the sickles kind of night, Matthew. Yeah. Let's, let's bring them out. Let's huh? do this. You got a Bud Light. Who knows what's in this cup? I'm never going to tell you, right? Okay, okay. Vod- vodka and uh, and lime in that cup, right? Sure. Let's go All with right. that. Jam says chugging with the sickos tonight. Another victory for the Phoenix Suns. <sighs> and Damn, one's just good. not enough. Crack them if you got them. Oh, pouring off that beard. Woo! Yes, it's just the beer's just beating off of my beard. Let's talk about this victory in game one over the Dallas Mavericks. One twenty one to one fourteen, game one goes to your Phoenix Suns, their 10th consecutive victory over the Dallas Mavericks. And it brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, as Libertarian Sasquatch gave us $9.99 in the Super Chat. Thank you, Libertarian Sasquatch. Watching the Suns out-rebound a team was orgasmic. I got to ask you, Matthew, how nice was it to watch a game in which the Phoenix Suns out-rebounded their opponent and didn't have to crash the glass on every defensive possession? 
It was insane. I didn't know I could have an orgasm without an erection. Oh, wait, I had a couple erections tonight. Those tipped balls, seriously, back out to the three-point line. No matter how bad it looked for the Suns in the fourth quarter, they kept grabbing the offensive rebound, those tip-outs. You know, um, McGee, we'll get into later, the mm-hmm. play of the series mm-hmm. already. Already. But he's, he's in there. He's a big body. Can be liable defensively with the three-point shooting that the Mavericks do have, but... Those tip outs are huge because we can do this against this team. I mean, Aiden didn't even, I don't think he got 10 rebounds this game, but it was just a team rebounding mm-hmm. effort. It was something that we knew that Suns would have an advantage with, and they took advantage of it all game long. Yeah, you'd look at the final numbers, and the Phoenix Suns out rebounded the Dallas Mavericks 51 to 36. And we'll talk about adjustments at the back end of this podcast, but I guarantee you that'll be one adjustment that the Mavericks make is focus on rebounding more, especially considering the Phoenix Suns had 13 offensive rebounds. It's a flipped narrative from the New Orleans Pelican series where we have the ability to team rebound to get out in, in transition and to just run our offense because we knew that coming into this game and this series against the Mavericks that they are the slowest team in the NBA relative to pace. They're a team that does not like yeah. to get out and run. They want to half-court you to death, kind of like the Phoenix Suns like to do at times. In this series, you're going to have those opportunities to put those fast-break spurts on them, and you don't have to have four of your guys back to try to grab a rebound because that will negate that. DeAndre Ayton can do what he's doing. Like you said, the team rebounding of this team is going to be paramount in this series, and it was again tonight. Again, 51-36, to 36, the first time this entire postseason run that we've actually out-rebounded the opposition. Uh, The guy who grabbed the most rebounds for the Suns tonight, uh, Devin Booker, nine. You have Crowder with eight, Bridges with seven, Aiton with eight, Chris Paul with five, and then the bench chipping in as well with Cam Johnson grabbing five, three from both Cam Payne and JaVale McGee, two from Landry Shamit, one from Torrey Craig in the one minute that he, or the three minutes that he played. So again, the definition of team rebounding that can, that, that obviously was a huge part of this game. In my personal opinion was the Mm -hmm. way that the Phoenix Suns could get in the flow of their offense. They weren't constantly being pestered by the defense of the, of the Mavericks and had the ability to go and grab those rebounds. uh, is just absolutely huge. Yeah. And also, from those rebounds was the fast breaks. I mean, even to start the game, they had four fast break points when they took the uh, 12 point lead with six minutes left in the first. And I'm not, that's not a ton, but that's, I seem like, I feel like that's like double as much as they had last series where the, the floor was so wide open. There was so much space. As soon as those long bricks came down from Luka Doncic or whoever was jacking up a three, the Suns would grab it, run a lot of steals early in the game. Um, mm-hmm. The Mavericks looked so dismembered to start the game. It just, I, I was thinking that, you know, how can they can recover from this? But they do get back into games kind of quietly um, because I, defensively, if the Suns are playing that way to start the game, you know, they can't fo- like the full 48, right? When they're crashing no. the boards, the defense is there. They can be there the full 48. You don't think so? No, no, I do. Oh. I do. I thought, oh. I thought I thought you meant could Dallas be there defensively oh, no, for the whole 48? No. It's like, no, 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 no they can't. In Reggie Reggie Miller, God, oh God. we love this guy, right? I got to tell you this. This is another real quick. Is it yeah. sad? This is my. This was going to be my my Matthew. I got to ask question. Is it sad that the local broadcast is over for the season? That we have to listen to the national pundits for the remainder of the playoff run? Because Reggie Miller, it's the first time I've actually listened to him this this uh, postseason because I've been listening to the local broadcast throughout the first round. Mm-hmm. Reggie Miller, 
Go ahead, Matthew. Well, what EJ needs to do, just really quick side note, EJ should just host like his live Instagram thing he does, but just do it yeah. all game long where oh, we can man. listen to him. Like there's a, what was I watching? It was a Deuce and Mo. They're from, I think I showed you them before. They, mm-hmm. they, they do podcasts like we do for the Sacramento Kings. And they, I actually listen to them when they're doing uh, watch parties. I, it's just way better. So EJ should do something like that. Uh, but Reggie Miller was saying, hey, show, hey, Jason Kidd, Show your team this last this fourth quarter, and maybe you can make some adjustments. Show how hard they played, but the Suns did let off the gas a little bit, so you can't look too far into that uh, mm-hmm. because the Mavericks were playing good defense. But that's the thing: Dallas doesn't do it all game long like, like the Suns. Suns might struggle offensively, but the defensive effort was going to be there all series long, all game long in this whole series. So that's something the Suns always will have over the Mavericks. The Mavericks will get up. If they start making their threes, then they'll get into it. But the Suns just get into it from the start to finish. Yeah, and I think that that's going to be an advantage that we see throughout this entire series. And again, we're going to be watching the adjustments that are going to be made. And that's, you know, the the three-point ball. We'll, we'll talk about that real quick when it comes to the Dallas Mavericks, right? Yeah. I mean, the way that they were shooting the three, that, that was the only thing that was really keeping them in it. When we were talking at our Twitter halftime space, uh, so, you know, again, follow us on Twitter, at Suns Jam. We go live at halftime, and we kind of talk about what we see. The, the sheer fact that Luka Doncic had 26 points at half, and Maxi Kleber had 16, and everybody else was a, a pretty much a zero. And the yeah. reason for that is the Phoenix Suns pretty much said, hey, you know what, we're going to, let Luca shoot. We're going to make him work for his shots. We're going to make him shoot. We're not going to necessarily let him pass and get guys open. The only guy who did have an opportunity to do that on the weak side was Maxi Kleber, who was living in the corner and just stroking the three ball. But you could start to see how it tired out Luca throughout this game. And I think it was a solid strategy. It's a solid game one strategy, in my opinion. Is it sustainable for an entire series? I, I don't know. But I think it was a solid game one strategy. Strategies like, listen, go ahead. Let Luka Doncic take 30 shots in this game, which he abided. He was 15 Mm -hmm. of 30. He had uh, 10 total rebounds, 12 total assists, and 45 points. 45, 12, and 10 for Luka Doncic. And they lose by seven, and we know that it was not even that close. And he looked fucking dog-tired by that fourth quarter, didn't he? Yeah, he looked really tired, and... He didn't even drive as much as he usually does. Um, the reason I think from the start, he had such a hard time in the lane trying to find anybody. The Suns were there tipping the ball anytime it was win. I don't even think he had a lane to look through, really. He was he had a few good passes in the first half out to three, out to like a three-point corner shooter, but it wasn't like the Luca that we usually see where he's finding everything because the Suns were on him. It didn't even matter who was covering him. Even Cameron Johnson had some good, uh, I feel like some good defensive plays against him to where he can body him up. There was a foul that was called on him, but that was one of the few fouls called on Luca. And it wasn't even like Luca was getting fouled. The Suns were playing such great defense Mm -hmm. and they were able to recover defensively to try to find, you know, the wide open guy a few times they were sucked in the middle. And then there was a wide open guy from the corner. Other than that though, it was so hard for Luca to do anything. Even at the end when he had a hard time getting the, of the Mikhail Bridges foul at the end they called. Like that was basically Luca the whole game trying to get in the lane. Other yeah. than us letting him get those layups towards the end of the game where it didn't matter. Every time Luca went in the lane, he would stop, turn, nothing there. He had nowhere to go. Like there was nowhere to <laughs> but go. But but to his credit, he still got the passes out to players who didn't necessarily help him, which I felt was huge. You know, he there was nowhere to go. 
but he's still got to mm-hmm. pass to somebody. So, he, I mean, he is a great talent, and, and I'll respect him for the effort he put forth tonight because, uh, you know, the, the Suns were on him, you know? Yeah. And it, it was interesting. It, what was smart about the Suns was the way that they were putting him in almost every action on defense. I really thought that was a smart strategy. So you're not only trying to wear him out on the offensive end, making him create shots and taking away a lot of the passing lanes, playing really good drop defense on him. You know, he he figured it out on some plays, but on other plays, you know, again, the guy ended with 45 points. So he earned those points, but he had to extend a lot of energy to do so. Conversely, on the defensive end, the Phoenix Suns were putting him in almost every action they could, trying to keep not letting him rest. And what's interesting is when we did the series preview with Suns Geek uh, yesterday, we talked about how in the Jazz series, Luka Doncic had a defensive rating of like 90.3, which is just ridiculous. It's like, how did he have such a great defensive rating? Part of that is the Jazz did not attack him on defense the way that the Suns did tonight. Do you have any idea what his defensive rating was tonight? Uh, Probably 156. It's 128.2. Okay. So he went from a 90 to a 128.2. Now, granted, it's one game, but that shows you that they are going to be attacking him and putting him in situations on both ends of the floor that Mm -hmm. it's going to wear him down, not over just one game, but over an entire series. We saw this with the Joker in the second round of the playoffs last year where the Phoenix Suns did the same thing. They knew that he is going to be somebody who is going to try to facilitate an offense. And they said, hey, we're just going to take everybody away from you. You're going to have to be the guy who beats us offensively. He put up some great numbers, but he was dog tired. By the end of the series, he was mentally tired, and he got ejected from game four after that foray with Cam Johnson. As Carlos Johnson says in the chat, give us $1.99 in the Super Chat. Thank you. you. Uh, Luca, 40 points versus Suns equals an L. Hell yeah. yeah. I'll take the 40 point. I don't care. Hell they yeah. were saying something about him and LeBron and MJ, the only players to do it, but the Suns get the win. Um, of course, Aiden with the more efficient game, uh, even though he wasn't really looked to in the fourth. Uh, but you know, the defense for the Mavericks, that's the thing is like when their offense isn't going, like I said before, when they're not hitting the threes, when they're not getting to the rim and not getting the fouls, their defense falls apart. Like that's one thing we can count on with the Suns, like I said earlier. So when that's not going their way and Luca gets so down on himself early and he's turned the ball over, he's got a lot of miscues out there to where he's just throwing the ball out of bounds because he thinks the player's going to go one way. Like those are things you never see the Suns ever do. Like, especially a guy like Luca and his talent of passing and just really relying on his, on other players to make their shots whenever he finds them wide open, 10 feet, 10 feet away from the defender. Um, there was nothing there to where he, he would throw it in the lane and then some guy wouldn't be there. He would throw it off to the corner. Yeah. The guy would be moving. You know what I mean? That was happening a lot. So it just, I know you said like Luca was making great passes and stuff, but I feel like even with a 40 point game, this is like the best defense you can play against him in a game. Oh man. And it's not like it's it's not like it's something where it's like, well, will they figure something out? Will Luca do something different? Maybe. If he can figure something out to make his team better other that's than scoring the, the 40 points, then that's that's a great play right there. That is one of the best players in the world. If he can figure out how to beat the Suns defense and beat them in the series, it'll be unbelievable because I just don't see it yet. You know what I mean? I just don't see where it's going to come from or how it's going to happen. Well, and again, I think it's on the defensive end, you know, because offensively the team did end with 114 points and he did have 45 of those. So they definitely uh, put forth a offensive effort that if you can hold it down defensively, 
you can win. And, and they could hold it down defensively against the likes of the Utah Jazz. But the Phoenix Suns are a different team. We're a much more deep team. And tonight we finally were clicking kind of on all cylinders. If you if you take a look kind of up and down the the box score, if you will, I'm going to start with your boy. Lights, Cameron, action. Cam Johnson tonight, 24 minutes played, was 6 of 10 from the field, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc, 17 points off the bench for Cameron Johnson. Uh, his best performance thus far in the playoffs. And what I loved about his performance this evening was, you know, not only on the defensive end, because anything that I say could is going to apply to a member of the Phoenix Suns on the defensive end. They played fantastic defense, in my opinion. Their switchability is elite, and it's got to be frustrating if you're the opposition. To any time a switch happens, you're just like, fuck, this guy can guard my guy too. Fuck, this mm -hmm. guy can guard my guy too. There's no guy on our defense outside of Torrey Craig who you can target on defense, in my personal opinion. And Torrey Craig has the ability. I just, it's, he just, he's not there in between the years right now. So no, I don't know what's happened. Like, was, yeah, I just made it, this face. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> offensively, a lot of mid ranges from uh, Cam Johnson hitting those yeah. threes. He was really instrumental, in my opinion. The Mavericks came into this game with the thought process of Devin Booker's been out. We're going to blitz him. And every time they did, it felt like it was just like pass to, Tory, pa or pa pass to Cameron Johnson for three. You know, if if there were any, it would, there was one player on the court and you just like, which player has wings hidden underneath like his, his jersey? And I, he does wear the long sleeve. So I'm thinking I like, he looks like he would have some nice, big, angelic like wings. Wasn't he like 10 feet long? I feel like he does. <laughs> It's like, you ever, uh, you ever seen that movie with John Travolta and Michael? No, you know what? I did not. I've seen the movie cover before. Well, there really you good. go. <laughs> there, there you go. You know, that's, that's Cam Johnson, right? He just he sprouts wings and flies down the lane for yes. savage dunks. He he looks like he does, and uh, he was uh, he was doing pretty okay in the beginning. I, I'm kind of mad at myself because I wrote a note where I was like, uh, just not the same. I'm gonna say this, just not the same player yet. As soon as I do that, and I, this is Boom. maybe why I did it, because I seriously meant it. He hits that. He hits the top of the key uh, jumper, you know. And after yep. that, it was over. He was so wide open in this game, and I think maybe if they're watching film from last series, maybe they're like you know what, Cameron Johnson, leave him open. But even in some games, he would go off a little bit. Not like tonight, you know, three for six from three. It's his best game in a while, but he just looks so good after I wrote that stupid little note, good. which I you will keep, give myself lashings keep, later. Keep writing shitty notes about the team. I got to. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It, it's it, like it, our it, drops. It offsets the karma yeah. of the drops, you know, because <laughs> it does. the, the it entire, does, the, the entire, it, this, the, the spell's been broken, right? I said, mm -hmm. if Jay Crowder hits two threes in a game, we will play his drop once again on the podcast. He has to earn it back tonight. He earned it back. It's Jay Crowder. Four of six from the field for Jay Crowder. Three of five from beyond the arc. He had 11 points. He had eight total rebounds. Added in three assists and played physical against Luka Doncic and the, and the rest of that team. And, and yeah, he drew a couple fouls that were ticky-tacky. Just enough to, I, I'm sure, enrage the Mavericks fans, as we'll find out on the subreddit stakeout, I assume. Uh, but Jay, <laughs> yeah, Jay Crowder always gets his own section in the subreddit stakeout. But, I mean, it was great to see him engaged again and just hitting threes again. I mean, we needed that. Started right off from the bat. And, again, the, those role players are what we've been waiting to come around, and tonight was the night where they finally came around. 
Yeah, he he led the way, and it, it started right, right in the beginning. Um, what was he? He had two threes in a row, right? Mm-hmm. So he had eight points. Eight points. Yes. So if I add that, right? He had a nice little floater. You always love it when Jay can make a guy miss, and that just shows you the lateral defense that this Mavericks has, which it's not really there. A lot of these guys can yeah, take that's true. these Mavericks off the dribble. The ISO ball really works, and he had that floater. This. I feel like every time he has a good game, he has some of those nice plays. And he hit um he hit a lot of threes, but also just the way he can get underneath their skin. And it's not even that much because I feel like this Mavericks team, even though we love to hate on Luca from complaining, I didn't see too much complaining tonight. It seemed like they I were saw a ton just, from Luca at the beginning you, of the game. Maybe it wasn't as much as every normal drive. He was looking to the ref and yeah. you know doing the they slapped me on. But the it wrist wasn't like ah, like he wasn't no, like no. getting down and dirty with it. Like no, he just it was, wasn't like was anything the Luka. Pelicans were doing. Yeah, and Jay can be that guy to set him off. And he kind of was. In the beginning of the game, I was kind of like, even with Booker's time, I'm like, dude, it's the first quarter. Like, that's the one thing that of got the me first kind of game. annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just the taunting and all this stuff. Lay, out, lay, lay, lay off a little bit, just a little bit. But Jay kept it kind of even keel throughout the whole game. And he had that really nice block on Luka, too. When you were talking about how any player can really guard him, even when you're saying Jay can stay on him and block his shot, that just shows, like, yeah, Luca can't get the ball up in the paint. I mean, he did late in the game when when we let him go to the rim, but it's so difficult for him to get his shot over anybody, including Jay Crowder. And it's good to have him back. It is good to have Crowder yeah. back. It's good to have the drop back. I don't even care about Crowder as much as I do love that drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what are your thoughts? You know, he hit a lot of really good jumpers, three pointers. What do you think about when Luca ran his dick into Jay Shin? Oh. The flagrant Seriously. one on you know Jay. what that that was kind of like when he passed out. I just think he was feeling because he didn't have a good shot. And yeah, he was, he was about to like he was moving over to pass it, so his leg flew that way. That's what I thought, and of course, biased a little bit. Of but course. if I was a Mavericks fan, like we'll find out later, toss his ass out. You know, I don't think it was that bad. Flagrant one's fine. I can take that. I think a flagrant one's appropriate. I I still think that. It's kind of part of the game, if you will. He he's like you said, he jumped up to to put up a jumper, and then at the last minute he realized that Luca's gonna have good defense. So he went to pass. And when you do that, like if you if you jump up and try to go move to your right, throwing a ball, you're gonna kick your leg out automatically. Yeah, now, granted, exactly. you know, it's the little nuances of the game. Jay's a pro at doing those kind of things. He's probably trying to draw a foul. It's just fa- it just happened to hit the the wiener of Luka Doncic. So uh, again. Proud to see him back. Proud to give him his drop. Uh, speaking of big dicks. Big Dick Booker. Devin Booker back tonight. And as Reggie Miller told me 75 times on the broadcast, uh, had no minutes restriction this evening. So we got Booker back. You know, he he ends the night with a total of 38 minutes played. He was 7 of 20 from the field. He had 23 points, one of five from beyond the arc, nine total rebounds, eight assists. So a 23, nine and eight for Devin Booker. How did he look to you tonight returning, you know, after kind of being a decoy in game six Mm -hmm. against the Pelicans, but hitting a big three at the end of the game outside of that. But, you know, you feel like he was aggressive book again tonight. It was a different book still. It definitely was. And what was really weird was when the Suns were having a hard time scoring. It was towards the end of the first and book was like trying to hit these like these fadeaways i've never seen him actually fade away that far 
And if that makes any sense, like he would, it was three of them in a row. He hit a three. And then after that, he went over three and the Mavericks kind of got back in the game. And that was just a weird stint from him. Like the best thing he did tonight was when he took Luca off the dribble and Luca almost fell, took him even deeper. And then he mm -hmm. made that little sweet side, the jump shot on the, on the baseline. That's a, that's a Booker move right there. That's what we're used to seeing. But yes. the threes that he was trying to jack up and stuff, uh, it was kind of weird. It was kind of different. I you know he had the 23 points tonight. This was not a good game, so I don't know how much you want to say like the hamstring is maybe an issue still, but it just wasn't the same kind of book. He was just on a different page from what the Suns, I felt like, were doing offensively. Defensively, he was fine, but like offensively... He was great he just, defensively, in my yeah, opinion. He, oh, really? Okay. Defense, defensively, I just thought he, he played great. Okay, yeah. And maybe I just didn't pay too much attention. So defensively, when I'm watching the game, I can... Some guys are narrow in, some guys I don't. Booker, I didn't mm. tonight. Maybe because I was just so mad at him offensively, and he had that little taunt in the beginning. I'm like, "Book, come on, chill. Let's just win this series and move on." Um, but I think, I think it's nice to have him back. I, I'm just so happy he's there. You can just tell he's not the same player yet, and we'll have that game probably next game. He'll get 40 points. Who knows? You know, of course, because I'm saying he didn't have a good game rebounding wise. The rebounding leader. That's awesome. That's good that we have that from him, yes. which just shows his maturity. Shots not going down. Do other things to help your team. That's what he does now. So even though he seemed like he was kind of in the background all, all, all night, it was a decent game, but not my favorite. I wasn't too happy with Booker tonight. Well, what I say, what I'll say about Devin Booker is yeah, there's a little offensive rust. Uh again, seven for ten for 20 from the field, not the best offensive night. But what I noticed defensively, and I guess that's where you know, that, that's why you come to the Suns Jam Session podcast, right, ladies and gentlemen? You get this holistic view of the Suns and the way that their different players play. Mm -hmm. You look at, like, Jalen Brunson, for example. Jalen Brunson went for, like, 29 points a game against the Jazz because Donovan Mitchell is a turnstile. Bojan Bogdanovic is a turnstile. I mentioned it on the podcast yesterday that the reason that Jalen Brunson was so effective is because he scored 30 points on, on Mitchell, 30 points on... Uh, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, 29 points on Royce O'Neal. Devin Booker caught a lot of those uh, Jalen Brunson minutes tonight. Now, granted, Jalen Brunson was hampered because of foul trouble, but he still played 30 minutes. But he went 6 for 16 in this game for 13 points. And a lot of that is Devin Booker. That's Devin Booker playing solid def defense on him, forcing him to spin, turn, do a lot of awkward things to try to get a shot. And then ultimately having that help defense from DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson down the line. And mm -hmm. that that's where I wanted to see Devin Booker. Because again, the way that this game started, seeing that DeAndre Ayton was owning this game, and we'll talk about him momentarily, seeing the way that Jay Crowder and, and Cam Johnson were hitting threes and campaign looked re-engaged. I was like, good. This is a perfect game for, for Devin Booker to go get his shots. You know, again, he took 20 shots. That's tied for the most with DeAndre Ayton. But not, you know, if they're not falling, allow him to still get in the flow of the game and be productive. And that's exactly what he was tonight. Uh, a fantastic game, in my opinion, from Devin Booker, holistically. Again, offensively, a, a challenge. And he's mm -hmm. going to get back into that rhythm that we saw him play in game two in the first half of the New Orleans Pelican series where he scored 31 points and then he hurt himself. But as long as he's engaged defensively, that's what we need from this team. Everybody being aggressive defensively and doing what they can to negate those passing lanes from, from Devin Booker, you know, or I'm sorry, from Luka Doncic, you know, doing those things that 
make it tough on him on the defensive end is absolutely paramount for their yeah. success in this series. Those threes he was taking to like tonight were, were kind of like the threes he was taking in game two against the Pelicans where they were just going down. When they go down, it's like, book, oh my God, man. Yes. So, you know, it, Whole it's, it's level. bad for me to say where I'm just like, oh, he's missing these and it must be a bad game. I just think that book might, he's going to be that guy. And actually Dean St. Louis actually asked, you think book was trying to bait look into a far away three fest, which plays into our defensive scheme. Um, I hope not. You know, you don't, you don't want that. You Because we just play so well as a team. Like I said before, like we're going to keep shooting our twos. We're going to keep playing our defense and the Mavericks can keep shooting their threes. We, there's no reason we should ever get caught up in what the Mavericks are doing. Yeah, exactly. Impose your will, if you will. But again, to that point, you know, you look at how the Phoenix Suns played and what kind of killed them, if you will, at the end of the game is one, they were just missing layups, right? This is a team that through the first three quarters, was shooting 59% from the field, the Phoenix Suns were, up 17, yeah. as I mentioned, going into the fourth quarter. And they went 7 for 25, which is 28% in the fourth, and they were 1 of 8 from deep, which is 12.5%. And that, that's what allowed the Dallas Mavericks to get a little momentum, as Reggie Miller said, you know, something to take into game two. You know, the thing to take into game two is the Suns just started chucking up threes. You know, the, the eight total threes that they shot uh, isn't, really characteristic of the way that they're going to play basketball for the remainder of this series. Uh, and yeah, you don't want to get into a three point baiting contest because this is a team that shoots the three with great efficiency, not great efficiency, but I think they're what 11th in the league in the three point percentage, but they shoot the eighth most threes. They like to shoot the three ball, you know? So yeah. talking about the three ball, you look at one adjustment that I thought needed to be made in this game. As we talked at, at halftime, when we, you know, going through our Twitter space again, thank you to everybody who joined us for our Twitter space uh, to talk about what was going on at halftime. But one of the things that I noted was this might be a series in which JaVale McGee gets played off the court because Maxi Kleber was going ape shit from beyond the arc. And part of that is because JaVale McGee is kind of like Rudy Gobert, right? He's, he's big, he's lumbering. He's not somebody who on he's somebody who on defense the Mavericks can take advantage when they have Maxi Kleber playing the five, but JaVale McGee had other plans for us. Double O McGee. His pickpocketing <laughs> of Luka Doncic and oh going coast to JaVale McCoast to coast. Uh, what a play that was. Maybe the play of the series. And right in that moment, I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm wrong. I mean, this guy's Dean up Luka Doncic <laughs> and, and, and picking his pocket going Luke, coast to coast. I guess that observation was wrong. Okay. I was wrong, Matthew. Yes. I admitted in the Twitter space. I guess we will get JaVale McGee minutes in this series. Although I don't know if necessarily it's warranted, but that being said, Tory Craig looks lost at times. So, I mean, I guess JaVale McGee will get his 14 minutes a game. Yeah, I think, you know, Tory Craig, I'm not going to argue with you, with you on that one because he is definitely just, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, McGee, I did say, you know, I would love to see him. Uh, I was the one sticking up for you, McGee. Yes, yes uh, it you was, were. It was you and Coach saying, hey, don't play him another minute. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Uh, but, dude, because McGee does this stuff. After that play, you knew the game was over, right? You knew as soon as he, he threw it down, the crowd was just, I couldn't, I don't even know how loud that place probably was after that because who would have ever guessed him doing that maybe luca was injured who gives a shit like he <laughs> took the ball from him and just went right down 
the court and dunked it. And like, he, I'm so glad he didn't give it up. I'm so glad he did not. He did the Statue of Liberty dunk. Like he yeah, he, he had Jalen Brunson on him, dude. If he had given that up, that would have been wrong. Yeah. I'm so, I'm like, dude, finish it. And that was a game after that. The Suns kind of were a little rugged offensively, but you can just tell like they were just kind of just, they were out of it after that. They're just like, I don't, I don't know. We have this game. Let's just put forth a little bit of an effort, which is not really the way the Suns should be playing towards the end of the fourth. But McGee, is someone that I just, these are the reasons I want him and Jay to play every game because they just do these things that just make, they're better than the game itself. Like, it's just like these moments where you just, you'll remember for all season long or all playoff long because they just make these great plays that just stick in your head. And this is by far going to probably be the best play of, the, of maybe the whole postseason. It depends, unless we're hosting that trophy. That'll be the best play. Of the That's that, yeah, that'll be the best play. But I mean, it'll be the best play for JaVale McGee. I think we can agree on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, going coast to coast, pickpocketing <laughs> Luka Doncic. I mean, that was just, it, I, I thought of our Twitter space and I was just like, damn, Coach Evan B, who joined us from the He's on Fire podcast, shout out to him. Yeah. He's in Dallas right now. He's going to be going to game three. And we were both saying that the way that the Dallas Mavericks beat the Utah Jazz was with essentially a five out small ball lineup. And you can't play that lineup against this team because of DeAndre Ayton. But you can when JaVale McGee comes in for the reasons I mentioned. He has some Rudy Gobert-esque qualities when it comes to his speed, his quickness, and his size. And if you get if you catch him on the perimeter, then the interior is wide open. And if he collapses on the interior, like and that was what was happening in that first half. Then you kick it out to a wide open shooter in the, in the corner and it's nothing but net. And we saw that multiple times. Note that the Phoenix Suns this season gave up 7.4 three point attempts from the corner per game. They do a really good job of, of guarding that corner, which is a good thing to do. If you don't understand basketball, the corner threes are the closest one. So it's a better odds of it going in. Cause it's closer to the basket. PJ Tucker, like led the league in corner threes, <laughs> PJ old man, Tucker yeah, smart. Like, led the league in corner threes. That's where he hangs out. And the Suns have done a good job of defending that. They didn't do a good job defending that tonight. And part of that, in my opinion, is because JaVale McGee was playing defense at times. That being said, uh, Staying as long as you want to after that play, you know, unless, unless you're getting completely burned out there. I don't care, man. I, I, I thought it was just a fantastic. Yeah. Play. And that's what I was saying. I'm like, unless it gets so bad, like you have to bring him out, like help, help McGee out. Someone else help him out. Cause we want him to play his minutes. We don't want him to sit because we're playing the Mavericks. Like McGee is such a vital point in this whole season. Like he's been that bad guy that we can always go to in games where Deandre wasn't having a good night or, you know, if we just need that, that energy, energy off the bench. So yeah. I want that. I don't want him to sit out a whole series and come back next series. If but that's the beauty one. of this team is they could ask him to sit, have fewer minutes in this series because yeah. of the way that the Mavericks play defense and then utilize him in the next series. You know, if we're playing Memphis in the next series and they have Steven Adams, you know, and they, they have a little bit more length in their backcourt, then he becomes valuable. If we're playing the Warriors, he might not be as valuable. But if you go on and you play the finals and you have to play a team like the Boston Celtics, a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, that length comes in. So the versatility of this team is going to be a strength long run. And yeah, you want to keep him as engaged as, po as possible, but he lacks the skill set long term, I think. And again, we'll see what happens. You know, it wasn't horrible minutes for JaVale McGee, as I mentioned. You know, he played 14 minutes tonight. He was two or three from the field. He was only a negative two when he was on the court in the plus minus. 
You know, he had three rebounds, so it wasn't a spectacular game. He had a spectacular play, but it'll be interesting to see how those minutes are allocated moving forward. One thing is for sure, as is these kinds of series, when you play small ball kind of lineups, uh, that's where DeAndre Ayton feasts. DeAndre Ayton tonight, man, 12 of 20 from the field, 25 total points, eight rebounds. Uh, my only complaint, as per usual, is the, of those 25 points, he had 25 of them through the first three quarters. He had zero <laughs> points in the fourth. I mean, D.A. should have had 10 points in the fourth. You know, but again, the team was so far up. They started falling in love with the three ball and the jump shots and weren't finishing correctly at the rim. But D.A. continues to be uh, playoff D.A. and just unbelievably unstoppable. And you're going to see him come to life in this series. And this is the series where he's going to just feast, in my opinion, because they who, who do they have to stop him? You can't stop D.A., can you? No, he can only stop himself. Yeah, exactly. And he was a little disengaged in the fourth, like the rest of the team. But other than that, he just he never got another attempt in a closer game, which I love the way the Suns kept feeding him all game long um, until the fourth. But in a closer game, like you got to keep doing it all game long, because if if you go away from him, I feel like the Suns just always have a hard time going back to him. If it's minutes play where they just haven't gone to him and they're missing shots like they don't go back to him. And Chris Paul even had the mismatch. They saw the mismatch towards the end of the game. I think it was. Yeah, it was fourth quarter, whatever. And whatever, good, whatever, and well, who cares? So, Aiden had a mismatch with Brunson, but Chris Paul just kind of just was like, eh, I don't know, but that's what I don't want to see. So, keep going to him because he's gonna be unstoppable. Um, the only thing is, like, he was kind of disengaged a lot of the times when Luca would go into the paint, his help defense is really good, but sometimes he would kind of just stand there and like man up his own guy. I don't know, it was kind of weird at some sometimes, but I'm not gonna be negative about him because he was. He was awesome. He was exactly what we thought he would be in this game for the first three mm-hmm. quarters. Twenty shot attempts is odd. That's so. That's so much, right? Yeah, for that's DA, great. That's a lot. And like I was asking for more towards the towards the end of the game just to close it out. But twenty shot attempts is perfect. Um, his perimeter defense, though, man. Like the first quarter when these guys, uh, Brunson, whoever, these smaller guards. Try to pull him out, switch. You think it's gonna go great, right? No, DA. I love that. I want them to do it more because he oh, can me stay too. with guys. He can stay with all of them. Kill. Like he can stay with them the whole time. Of course, maybe some help when it goes in the lane when they go into the lane. But other than that, DA is such a good perimeter defensive guy, and I think the Mavericks know that. I don't think they were trying to pull the switches out, but it just seemed like it was happening over and over again. And he was just he was there. He was he was the man that you know they they wanted to make sure that they would get those switches or they wouldn't like i don't know what they were trying to plan there because a lot of teams don't do that it just i haven't seen it that much but i just know that da for sure is like excited in those moments you can see that his his body he gets so amped up in those moments he looks like he's not michael bridges but he looks like him out there on the floor where he just gets pumped up and he's just ready to guard these guys and uh rebounding just maybe a little bit more there but other than that man Great game. Just like the series started this game, like the way we kind of thought it would go, mm-hmm. it went the same way for DA. So he'll keep doing this and he'll keep getting those shot attempts. I feel like the rest of the series and there's no reason why he should not. Oh yeah. I mean, Maxi Cleaver, Dwight Powell, they, they can't guard him. And I think that, you know, game one is a feel out game, right? So the yeah, Mavericks were true. trying to have Jalen Brunson pull him out in switches. Luka Doncic and he, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, who had a, 
a really just unbelievably quiet game in this one. He was three for eight in 30 minutes and at eight points. But they kept trying to they kept trying to pull DA out just to see what they could do. And to your point, his lateral quickness and his shot deterrence is so elite that it's it's they're like, oh shit, this ain't Rudy Gobert. I can't just mm-hmm. fly by this guy with my quickness. And Rudy has to rely on his length to try to make up because DA can stay right there with them. You know, yeah. Ben Ben Warwick says it in the chat. He says, pay him, pay this man his money. Pay him. Pay that man his money. And he'll get it, man. He'll get it in the offseason. That's for damn sure. Uh, Black Sunday, $5 in the Super Chat. We truly appreciate that. Says, Aiton is being dragged out to the paint, and Luke is driving and dunking in those last minutes. What can we do to fix that? DA just got, has to stay engaged. At that point of the game, we were up. 15 points with like three minutes to go. Yeah, he didn't care. DA wasn't, he was no longer in lockdown DA mode. So uh, appreciate the question, Black Sunday, but I'm truly not worried about those minutes for DA defensively. I, yeah. I think that, you know, he he's locked in and we'll continue to see the Mavericks try to find ways to try to take advantage of him defensively. And it's going to be hard to do. It is. And, you know, pulling him out there and then he kind of let Luca go by a couple times. It just, it sucks to say it's like, maybe he didn't care because the game was kind of over, but I don't want that to be the thing. Cause it's, still I don't want really it to be close. either, but again, you know it's what the I mean? human nature side of it. The it rest is. of his team was acting the same way. Again, they're chucking up threes. They're missing layups. They're not as locked in as they're going to be. Exactly. Yeah, and that's just human just nature, thing. you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe the, as Reggie Miller said on the pot or on, on, the, on the broadcast, you know, he's like, well, this is the thing that they can take with them into game two is to play with this kind of defensive intensity. It's like, if that's what they're going to take into game two, great. Because the Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns know that they weren't locked in and, ha- and as intense as they should have been in that fourth quarter. Again, they shot like 26% from the field. Yeah. So they, they yeah. weren't nearly as locked in. So kind of across the board, I don't think I was that- walking around a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this thing going to end? Like, the, what the Phoenix Suns do in games where they're up, and we saw this against the Pelicans last series, it's like they just give up layups. Yeah, they, they give up layups. They, they, there's they no like trying to pester them full court or try try to bleed like five seconds off the clock. Mm-hmm. They're just like, and come take a layup. We'll take our free throws. Let's pat some stats here. <laughs> they got to start doing that shit. Yeah, they got to. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over that. Uh, campaign hit the bank shot to to start the game. Nice to see him make one of those again. It was nice because I think it was actually kind of a wide open shot. He hadn't seen a lot of those in the last series. The length of the Pelicans was really de- detrimental to his success. But he went four of eight from the field, one for three from beyond the arc, nine points. Uh, you were talking about it a little bit at halftime on our Twitter space about Cameron Payne. Tell me what you're talking about then, and what did you see for the remainder of the game relative to Cameron Payne? Well, he helped hold the lead. So that was the one thing I felt like he wasn't able to do in the first half. But when he came in in the second half, he was able to help the Suns team play really good defense when he was on the court. Um, he just he kept the lead, man. He just made simple things happen. And that's what he does when he slows down, right? Um, there's there's something to say about you know him going forward after this game where he's separating himself from guys like Shamit and guys like uh, after my voice crack, like Shamit and uh, who's the other Tory Craig, where he's mm-hmm. he's getting back into the rotation of where we're not looking at all these the these uh these little comments and we're just the, we're seeing like his ass chewed out because he's he's back into the groove I think with this team he's getting into it he can be better for sure but he's not going to be a re- uh, reliability 
going into next series. And I don't want to say that, but I'm just saying like, I want these guys to kind of just get as much confidence as they can in themselves before we go to the next series and play the course, Warriors. But of course, you know what I mean? Because they need to have or, that. Or, or the Grizzlies. We'll see. Yeah. Or the Grizzlies. I, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Or the Grizzlies too. Uh, because I, if, if Shamit can't, and if, if Tory Craig can't, you can't play these guys in that kind of series. You just can't. But if Payne can Cameron get Payne, that you're going back, to. Cameron Payne, you're going you to. There's have nothing to. campaign will do that will decrease his minutes going into the Western Conference Finals or the remainder of the series. It's just not going to happen. Oh, I understand Monty that. Will, Monty won't do watching. it. Oh, yeah. I know, but I just want to watch his the, his body language, of course, and just yes. making sure that he knows what the hell to do out there. And so, that, so that's my question. Was how, what, how was his body language tonight? It looked better. It did. And he hit that one long three that was he, he was pretty covered from, but covered, you know, and yeah. I, it he looked good. Body language looked good, but it's just like he doesn't get mad at himself again. It doesn't seem like, right? He kind of just seems like he's blending into the offense again. And that's one thing with like even Ish Wainwright, where we see him blend in with the offense, where it's like, give him a couple minutes. And I know Payne will always have his minutes, but it's just, it's me worrying about all oh, those minutes. Can I trust him to keep that of lead course. or increase the, increase oh, be the better, be the better bench. So and I that, think he can be that. He just needs to finish this out good. Yeah. No, I, I agree. The, the one observation that I had from him that kind of, uh, was negative if you will because it was a good it was a good game it was eight points five yeah. assists like that's that, that's a campaign game right like 50 exactly, yeah. from the field eight points five assists like that's boom exactly what i need from campaign does it get you your drop back on the sun's jam session podcast nah, i don't know we're not quite there yet campaign go get me one of those 15 <laughs> spots question, you know? yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get there but one thing he needs to do is slow down enough for screens to be finished I noticed this on about three different plays tonight. When he'd come down, DA would come out or JaVale would come out and start to set a screen, and he would just slip the screen right off the bat. And yeah. both defenders would follow him down, and because of the length of the defenders, he can't just do a, a nice little pocket pass to the rolling JaVale or DA. It's just not necessarily in his arsenal or his he had vision. One. He had, he one. had one really, yeah, he, one yeah, really he, he, one. Did, he did have the one. But outside of that, it's like you need to let those screens get set and then – you know, I don't know why campaign doesn't do that more when you're playing against Maxi Kleber out there, you know, and you got Jalen Brunson on you or Spencer Dinwiddie run the high screen and roll, create the switch and then attack those guys. Cause you're faster. That's what he should be doing. But he's so he, 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 he thinks he can just go around everyone so fast sometimes mm -hmm. and just doesn't always work. So I think that's, you know, again, slow down a little bit campaign, yep. slow down just enough, just enough. And I think good things will happen for you in this series and, and moving forward for this team. Uh, real quick, Maxi Kleber, uh, what did you think of that fall, man, and how he got up? Dude, that was fucking impressive. That you're reminded gonna... me of Joe Johnson, dude. Oh, you're going to let me actually answer that? I yeah. Think that was, oh, that was <laughs> intense, man. It doesn't matter. Um, it does matter, Matthew. Dude, that was crazy. That's just something white men do, I think. <laughs> they don't know how to fall or they dude, don't that... know how to like hang on the rim. Because <laughs> McGee barely even touched him. He, he didn't even push him or anything. I as don't know why that was a foul. There was a, lot of, there was a lot of even fouls in this game that really frustrated me. Because, again, it, it was starting to fall a little bit into that danger zone where I feel like one team was being allowed to play physical and the other wasn't. Like... He didn't touch him, or if he did, it was not an aggressive mood. He just had his hand on him, just like the Luka Doncic foul Normal stuff. by Mikhail Bridges. They're like, well, uh, his hand was on him. It's yep. like, what? That's, That's not the when they foul? call the foul, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like on the other side, you have Chris Paul getting, you know, Jalen Brunson's coming across his body, swiping at the ball as Chris is going right. He jumps mm -hmm. up, he gets swiped, he banks the shot, and they don't call it. And it's like he gets mugged on the play. 
And I was just like, okay, this is kind of, you know, we're, we're bordering on that. Not both teams are being allowed to play physical right now. No. Which was kind of annoying. So, Matthew, I know you were hanging out tonight in this one place. It was the, the subreddit for the Mavericks, a new place, because we've been hanging out on the subreddit for the Pelicans for the past, you know, two weeks. So, Matthew was tasked with tonight's subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So, Matthew had to go and hang out in Mavs subreddit. And I don't know if any of you were there with him, seeing some of the comments that were being said. And yes, Blaze Megatron, the salad stakeout, because everybody knows that Dallas backwards is salad. So, Matthew, as you were hanging out on the subreddit for the Dallas Mavericks, tell me some of the comments that they put forth. <laughs> You're muted. <laughs> You're muted. I forgot. I don't, hold on. Let me come can, back. Let me come can, back. Can you see? No, hold on. <laughs> For those of you who are listening, <laughs> uh, Matthew is, you know, on our YouTube channel. He has a green screen behind him for all the cool backgrounds. He actually has a Craig A. Hamill background. So you can go ahead. If you go on Twitter, go to Craig A. Hamill on Twitter and you can see some of his amazing artwork. You can buy it on Redbubble. And what Matthew has is a, uh, a green. He you can't see his face because he's got a green mask on with a green screen, All and right. it just looks this creepy is, as shit. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> Look, you're in like the forest. It's terrifying. <laughs> I, I was trying to be completely headless, but I had to see something. But uh, yeah, to. so I guess I'm a headless and uh, a horse guy or whatever. Right, um, so, so tell us what happened on the subreddit for the Dallas Mavericks this evening. So I was hanging out in the first quarter. Um. It you know we were talking about the fouls and they said every time we play the Suns, they get away with so many hacks, and then we get called for every touch foul. You know, I was kind of I was kind of worried about that that they would say that, but I didn't see a lot of hacks. Did you? I thought the Suns played some really the good. Suns defense. always like like Da and Mikael Bridges they swipe a lot, so I can see that. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay, and then uh, man, <laughs> give Lucas some calls, right? He gets hit every time when he goes to the bucket. I don't think he got hit once. Maybe one time, but he's not. He creates a lot, a lot of the contact, and you know what? Luka Doncic had 14 free throw attempts, so I think he got his calls. Next. All right. I just look so weird. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. If you were right. listening to this podcast, you got to stop by our YouTube page and watch this sometime. It's yeah. worth the price of admission, which is free. I didn't plan this out very well. All right. So <laughs> second second quarter is when the whole Jay Crowder thing happened. And oh, here we go. Okay. All right. Here we here go. We go. Fuck Jay Crowder. Take our take our Lucas precious jewels. And then <laughs> this Jay Crowder game was BS. He was airballing wide open threes versus the Pels. So I yes. guess they, they watched it. They were like, come on. Are you serious? He wasn't hitting threes before? <laughs> how <clears throat> how was it that even uh, a debate. It's an intentional or not. What if fucking? Oh, he said the c word. So what a fucking c word. Yeah. Whoa. So got pretty. I'm not even gonna settle say down. That Reddit. One. Settle down. Reddit. Uh, Mavs should be lucky. They are down by 30 right now. Defense needs to be better. And that that is true. It seemed like the Suns, because of the way they play with hitting the twos all the time, it's just it's 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 difficult for them to get. I feel like so far ahead on these teams because they don't go for the three as much. 
Um, yeah, third quarter, Aiton. Here we go. So Aiton Love. Aiton literally about to average 35 a game shooting 90%. And that was actually when Aiton had 25. So yeah. just like us, we always think he's going to have more. And it, no, that's it. What was the username of that person? Oh, I don't have those. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh, got, almost got me. I finished before. Yeah, you did. All right. So Jason Kidd, sub Luca out. He's not going to be, <clears throat> excuse me. He, oh, yeah. Said kid sub. I can barely see kid sub Luca out. <laughs> so he's not, he's not bothered on closing out any quicker. He's gas. So at the defense from Luca, there you go. Pretty bad. Suns always feel like they have their best five on the floor. Thank you for the compliment. That was really <laughs> nice. And then the last one is if Jalen Brunson can rejoin the team in game two, we should be competitive. So an off game by him, of course. So I'm pretty sure he'll show up next game. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. And so is the subreddit stadium. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you show up to the Suns Jam Session podcast to see things like that. Like, wow. And people are calling you the Riddler, crap face. Uh, <laughs> crap face, <laughs> Invi- invincible, invincible man, hollow yeah. man, resident evil. <laughs> it's great. Resident. Oh man. That was, that, that was a, that was a great segment. Uh, Matthew, anything else from your notes before we go ahead and talk about potential game two adjustments? You know, no, uh, excuse, I excuse myself from all of the, uh, throat clearing earlier in that mask. I don't, it might have something to do with that, but, uh, I think we hit on everything, honestly. Uh, you know, just shout out to, uh, Shaman and hopefully he gets no more minutes. Other than that, uh, I think I'm good, man. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about those game two adjustments. Um, you know, I, I put that question out there onto Twitter. I said, what adjustments will the Mavs make in game two? And I'm going to read some of those. So, again, thank you if you are following me on Twitter, at Darth Voida, and you decided to answer this. I'll, I'll give you a shout-out here. Uh, at you know me's one Brunson and Dinwiddie need to be involved early in game two. Brunson was in foul trouble in this game, and Dinwiddie was really kind of shocking, right, Matthew? Like, his production was non-existent after being such a vital part of who this team has been since he was traded with 23 games left in the regular season. Is there anything that you saw the Phoenix Suns do to negate Spencer Dinwiddie, or was he just kind of, you know, pulling an Andrew Wiggins? He's like, yeah, sometimes I play, sometimes I don't. You know, with Dinwiddie, I thought he would be someone we really had to look out for. Um, I don't know, because I thought he was really the starter last series, but of course Jalen Brunson was. So I don't know if the switchover really hurt anything there. I I think the way it, the, the way the game went when you bring Dinwiddie in it's not really a game changer, right? He's a guy that can really play well along Luka Doncic, but when the game is just not going the right way for Luka, I feel like everyone just kind of falls apart. So if there's any blame for anybody falling apart, it's on Luka, right? I think I can blame him for everyone else's bad game. Agreed. Agreed twice. And the Jamsters are right. I didn't do the jam star of the game. After 330 episodes, you think I'd get this right? Jam star of the game. This is a reminder, Jamsters, to let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Unless you're listening to this later or watching this later, go ahead and just say it out loud. Let your dog know. Let the cat know. Let the neighbors know. Who is your jam star of the game, Matthew? It's going to be, uh, I think I'm just going to go DeAndre. I think it was a really good game by him. Um, because when the game was over in the fourth quarter, he stopped kind of playing. So, 
just like the rest of the team. And before that, he was definitely, and it was kind of under the radar, right? It was, it was a good game by him. It really was, but it wasn't something that was like, Oh my God, this guy, but he was hitting a lot of good looking shots, a lot of new looking shots. I feel like he still keeps throwing out there. Uh, Jam started the game goes to Deandre. Yeah. And a lot of the jamsters are given to giving it to him as well. And I'll say that I was the most impressed with him tonight. I, I really was. I think that, he showed that he's going to be really, really hard to beat. It's going to be really, really hard to to make adjustments. If you are the opposition, you know, one of the things that I said in our series previews is don't be surprised if there is a game in which the Dallas Mavericks just attack him and complain to the refs after every play. So he starts to get foul calls on him. Cause we, we saw that. I want to say it was game one against the Mavericks in the bubble. I'll never forget Luka Doncic just slow mowing in there and then jumping into DA and getting him into foul trouble. I was like, oh, that's how the Mavericks are going to play this, right? And then, of course, they lose that game. Uh, CP3, we haven't talked about him, but he went 7 of 13, 2 of 5 from beyond the arc, 19 points, only 3 assists for the point god in this game. But I don't think that he necessarily had to be as efficient, um, but I thought it was a solid performance from CP3 as well. Yeah, uh, and he he just get the ball across the line. Got like yeah. that's the one thing that is driving me nuts. Last series and this just get the ball across. Like stop standing there. Not just him, it's everybody. Have someone else bring it up if you have to cuz I'm just I'm always worried that they're not going to make it across. Why do they do this every time down? Just get the no ball across. No idea. It drives me nuts, man. Play with a little aggression, damn it. All right, again, game 2 adjustments on Twitter. Other things that people said. Um at sustain Sustain able uh emit, and he's from the He's on Fire podcast. Uh, keep getting Aiton switched onto the weak side corner, man. They're clean looks at the rim right now, and that's mm-hmm. a good point. You know, an adjustment that we need to make is, is make sure that he's playing good defense out there. Uh, I think the Mavs will try to do defensively like they did last, like they did in the last quarter. In the fourth quarter, the Suns cannot make any shot, they missed most of their shots. Maybe the Suns relaxed too much, but I suspect the Mavs. To find a better adjustment, if true, expect the same for game two. And that's from Eagles fan France. Not necessarily. Again, I don't know if that's necessarily true, if you will. Um, at Sun Brerero 602, they can make all the adjustments and still won't match up for them. Honestly, Luca is tired and almost re-injured himself tonight, which is true. He was limping a lot. He's always going to be that way, right? Yeah, he is. He That's is. just the way he's always been. That's what I'm saying. Like, how many more injury plague seasons do we have to go through before Aiden was a better pick, right? I mean, he's going to get hurt probably in a series down the line if it's not this one and just not be able to play to his 100% level that he needs to be at to for them to win. But how many times is this going to happen with this dude? Yeah, I tell you. You know, it's just – well, I, I think a big part of it – and here, let me pull this up real quick. I okay. just want I, I just want to see – um, let's, let's see one game usage rate. He had a 40.8% usage rate tonight. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. 40% of the time that they had the ball, it was in Lucas hands. What is he like? 34 or something over the regular Some, season? Yeah. Though? Over the regular season. Yeah. He's it, it's, it's high. Yeah. You know, let's see. Let's, let, let, let's that look sucks, at reg, regular season. Um, can you imagine being a Mavericks fan like this is it so we have to watch this guy do the step like I say that all the time but like that's so depressing yeah just it's got to be tough it's got to be tough a couple other adjustments that people threw out there on the Twitter uh, at Bob and Miles said get COVID and have an excuse not to play (laughs) 
<laughs> um, making Luke a pass from Matt J. Joyce from the He's on Fire podcast. Uh, you know, Reggie just said, show them the last six to eight minutes of the fourth from at Suns fella. You know, again, what adjustments do you see, Matthew? Because I honestly think that the, the primary adjustment that they're going to do, if I'm a Mavs fan and I watch that game tonight, I go rebounding. We have to, we have the wings. This isn't a yeah. huge team. Well, one thing that Reggie Miller said in this game that I just didn't understand, he's like, well, the Suns like to play big. It's like, no, we don't. Jay Crowder's are four. He said he's a lot six, of stuff. Six. Yeah, he just... He, he said he, Booker was an underrated scorer or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like... I was like, what? Like, Excuse come, me? <laughs> come, come. <laughs> but, uh, come, you know... Come again, Reggie. <laughs> you know, that's I, the best part of them. But that being said, I really think that they're going to try to focus on rebound. What they're going to do is on the offensive glass, they're going to try to attack. Because mm-hmm. if they go and they watch the series against the, the New Orleans Pelicans, they'll see that that's successful. That makes th- that is what makes the Suns look old at times is when they're tired because they have to spend so much energy trying to just get a fucking defensive rebound. We didn't have that tonight. Yeah. We, it was easy for us to grab rebounds. So I think I think that that's going to be their primary uh, uh, modus operandi, if you will, is try to attack the offensive glass. And then it, if they if they don't, if they're not successful and the Suns can get out and run, then that will be a a an adjustment made in vain. Yeah, and you saw a little bit of it from the Mavericks, just a little bit. And I'm like, oh, don't start doing that, Mavericks, please. Like, I just didn't want them to try for the boards. I'm like, just get back defensively. But any team really can. Like, Aiton, he can be pushed around. I'm just saying, like, they're more slender. We're smaller. So we can be pushed around down there. So if they want to make a difference and tire us out, that's the best way to do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they just completely start attacking the the boards just all game long. Yeah, I think that'll be the primary adjustment heading into game number two Matthew anything else you have before we get out of here on this fine Monday evening no just Monte called those timeouts a few more times and this would be an easier game I'm just kidding this is a completely easy game tonight um I have nothing else John that's it well on that note jamsters we thank you for hanging out with the this your fellow jamsters and the Suns jam session podcast make sure you subscribe rate review if you're listening on Apple podcast leave us a review give us five stars we'll read it right here on the podcast Stop by Spotify. Give us five stars there as well. If you're on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. Hit the bell notification, which will let you know when we go live, which is after every Phoenix Suns game. And every now and then we'll throw a jam session short in there or something crazy. And if you want to join and become an elite jamster, please do so by pressing the join button on our YouTube channel to get exclusive content meant specifically for our elite jamsters. Matthew, that's all I got. I'll see you Wednesday night after the Suns play the Mavericks in game number two. All right. Go home and love your family. Chugging with the sickos.